All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us here today. This is Feb I said, uh, November. It is December, of course, uh, 14th. Uh, last show we did was in November. That's why. Hope you're all doing well. Good to be back with you. Um, well, oh boy, has it been a little bit of a ride? Of course, let's begin with this. We have we had Lucia yesterday, right? Uh, very important celebration in Sweden, 13th of December. We've talked about that on off a little bit. Some nice footage here. Uh, John Naginton, she's one of the, you know, kind of one of these big YouTubers, and she's kind of picked up a little bit on the Norse style and things like that, trad stuff. And apparently someone told me, and I haven't gone back and checked it yet, but apparently one of the first videos we did about the 2012 thing back in like 2009 maybe or something like that and we did just like rando interviews with people uh, in Gothenburg Sweden at the time and someone said oh you interviewed her she was part of that video you guys did so I gotta go back and check that because I haven't done that yet so maybe that was just here maybe it's just someone who looked like her but anyway all right Good to be uh, good to be back with you guys. Hope you're doing well. So a lot of things, of course, have happened. If you haven't kept up with uh, with stuff, uh, whether it's on our um, social media channels or or you know not everyone sees every video and stuff like that, uh, we've been been away for a while because we uh, welcomed a, a new addition to the uh, fam here. Uh, about what is it now? Two two weeks ago. Boy, time flies by. Little Sigrid right here. Um, thank you for all the kind messages, uh, boys and girls. We appreciate you. Uh, she came a bit early, so we've been uh, busy. We're, you know, at the hospital and things is always, you know, difficult on this <laughs> when these things happen. But she's doing great. Uh, and the boys love her, too, by the way. Uh, very, very nice, everybody. So so thank you for the the well wishes. Some of you have even been so kind to, to send a, a donation and said, hey, here's something to help with the NICU costs and stuff like that. Thank you so much. If I haven't gotten back to you, like, personally and thank you yet, uh, I intend to. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you. We're very happy uh, and uh, and and glad that she's finally here. So that's what has happened, and that's why we've been away, and that's why we haven't done you know regular shows. Uh, but I think it should be back on on, on track. Everything should be good. Uh, we'll have some guest hosts for a while. Lana will jump in now and then when she can, and we'll we'll see how it, we'll play by ear. Uh, I do admit I'm horribly tired, so so I do apologize if I ramble or just can't make a you know coherent point here today. That's how it goes when you have a newborn; <laughs> you just don't sleep, especially the first what a month or so, right? All right. So anyway, we have we have some stuff today. I want to catch up on, you know, like there's some stuff we missed. We were away. It's kind of a laid back show. It's not the most, you know, super important stuff to be honest. There's some stuff we missed, and and but th but then at the same time, I want to tie in some, you know, nice uh, fussy things because of course, again, we're at uh, we're at uh, December here now. So uh, Yule is coming up. Christmas is coming up. Uh, always a great time. Uh, we haven't been able to pull together like you know you'll stream or anything like that. So we'll see what we do. We'll we'll definitely do something. We'll come up with it. We'll play it by ear as we go here, uh, and uh, definitely do something though for sure. Maybe I'll do a, a, you know bring on a bunch of guests or something like that. Do a longer stream. We'll see. We'll figure it out as we go here. Uh, anyway, a couple of uh, super chats here. Real uh, right out the bat. Let me take care of those. Electric sheep over at Rumble says first. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Uh, and I th is it rolling over on Rumble? Can everyone watch there? Yes. Okay. Seems to be doing fine. Had some issues here in the beginning. Dinolegovic. Uh, uh, Dino, Dino Do I pronounce that correctly? I think I butchered your name like a million times. Anyway, little baby girls should not have hand-me-downs. Uh, hand-me-down dirty boy rattles. Oh, you talk about uh, Rurik and Gutex? Yeah. Yeah, they are probably dirty by now. You're right. Uh, buy a new one for the little princess. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Uh, Lord Aragon as well. Congrats, man. Sent a Yule Christmas card. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's good to see you. Uh, as always, 
Uh, if you want to join us, Rumble Odyssey, of course, that's open for Super Chats. We'll read those on the air throughout the show here today. Entropycene.live slash TV. That's also up and uh, running. Um, what else was it? There was some some stuff I wanted to clear off here in the beginning. We, we, we talked about uh, the, the Lucia thing. I actually, so everything's been delayed. So I actually went to go get a Christmas tree today, really like an hour before we, uh, or two maybe, before we came on here. So we're going to decorate that tonight. Have a good time with that. Um, but otherwise, everything is going good, guys. And and as I said, there's plenty to talk about, plenty to get into. And so it'll be some random stuff, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I do have some stuff on like the, uh, the uh, Greenblatt because we didn't cover that yet, the stuff that he was talking about uh, after the Kanye circus, you know. But it's always interesting <laughs> hearing uh, the boldness uh, of uh, the ADL and uh, specifically Jonathan Greenblatt uh, admitting to things with supposedly uh, only crazy uh, anti-Semitic conspiracy theorists uh, are talking about. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We do have some on, on Sam Bankman Fried, or is it Freed? I'm not sure. He's actually been arrested in Bahamas. Uh, so we'll uh, go over a piece on that. Uh, what else? Well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, as I said. So not uh, too. We, we do have some stuff on the... The vaccine, uh, some some worrying stuff, unfortunately, uh, which is which not as good. FDA approved uh, this horrible COVID plus. I think it's a flu shot thing, like some combo thing for newborns or like six month year olds, uh, which of course makes you makes you think uh, when you have a a new one yourself. It is absolutely horrendous, uh, and you have that story down uh, in was it New Zealand or was it Australia? I think it was New Zealand. With the parents, I want to play that video for you guys in case you missed it. The parents that wanted to um, use unvaccinated blood for this their child who was having, I think, a heart complication or they needed a blood transfusion, one or the other or both, and uh, the state basically didn't uh, didn't allow them to. So we'll talk about that uh, and some other stuff as well. But why don't we begin with this? This is a, a crazy thing. <laughs> to cover, to be honest, and uh, it, it's made made the rounds. So by no means are we, uh, you know, first on this or whatever. But uh, uh, it could be uh, could be interesting for you to watch because it is it is a huge it is a circus out there. And you notice that when you weigh for a little bit, you step away, and then you come back to it, and you look at some of the stuff you missed and some of the new stuff, and it's just like you don't think it can get worse, but oh boy, does it get worse! It, it just gets worse and worse. Um, and it's kind of entertaining, to be honest, to see uh, see the, the circus just kind of <laughs> disassemble itself, uh, tear itself apart at the seams. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of people are kind of sick and fed up with, with just how blatant it is at this point. So there was this thing, uh, Project Veritas, they had a, they, they uh, secretly filmed uh, a, uh, a pedophile, essentially a groomer, a pedophile, uh, at a private Chicago school. I think it was, it cost something like $40,000 US dollars per year. Uh, to send your kids to that. Uh, and he was talking about all kinds of dirty, uh, nasty things. And apparently the school were were like all in behind the guy. <laughs> like, oh my God, we we are standing behind our inclusion and diversity, blah, 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 whatever that was they said. They, they, keep that in mind. When they say inclusion, what they mean is is basically pedophile. There's only one group left now that, they, that, that they've yet to include, and that's basically the pedophiles. Uh, th there's no need for any additional inclusion beyond that, so that's what they mean, right? Anyway, let's take a look at this video here, because this is absolutely just ho holy smokes. Brace yourselves. Like our, 
LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex, using blue versus using spit. Meet Joe Bruno, Dean of Students at the prestigious Francis W. Parker Private School in Chicago, which happens to charge $40,000 per student. They're just like passing. Not too shabby. Dildos, butt plugs, the kids are just playing with them. They're like, how do you, how does this butt plug work? How do we do, like, how does this work? That's a really, like, cool part of my job. Parents might be stunned to learn that Bruno's version of love and acceptance means handing out sex toys to underage students. So I've been the dean for four years. During Pride, we do a Pride week every year, and I had, um, I had, like, our LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex, using blue versus using spit. Who is this? This is uh, an LGBTQ plus health center came in to talk to my high school students. Nice. They're just like passing around dildos, butt plugs. The kids are just playing with them. They're looking at them. In the school? In, in a classroom. Wow. Yeah. While I'm sitting there. And we had a drag queen come in, um, pass out cookies and brownies and do photos. It's so amazing. And everybody's cool with that, like the plugs and the dildos. No big complaints. No. I mean, if the parents found out, would they? No. It's queer sex. This is the drag queen that came in. What's her name? Uh, Alexis Bevels. Alexis Bevels. And just hung out in my classroom. Was there? Or hung out in my office. You have so much freedom. So much. Wiggle room. So much freedom. So much money. I mean, to do things. stuff. Trustees are okay with that too? Oh, yeah. They don't know. They would. It's like, we. I wouldn't even like run it by them. Like, why would I run it by them? They'd be like, oh my God, that's wonderful. Like yeah. How old were the kids at, with the classroom? 14, 18. They're like, how do you, how does this work? How do we do, like, how does this work? Um, so yeah. I love the Veritas. They go over that later for four or five times or something. Uh, yeah. Would everyone be uh, be cool with the door? Remember the parent or the uh, teachers that were like, don't don't tell the parents, you know, that they, they'll begin to. Why do you, would you bring this up to them? Right. Most of it now has been like kind of behind the backs of parents. I'm sure there's some idiot crazies that would go along with it and be like, oh, that's to it's totally fine. You know, kind of thing. Uh, they did have some fall up seem like running away. I think I guess we could look at that clip. That was kind of funny. Uh, Grillian say, uh, till med piken. that's right, uh, Pågen, I think we're saying uh, Svenska as well, down, down in the uh, uh, southern part, Skåne, Pågen, thank you, uh, Grillian, uh, Hoppa Waffen says, diaper fun, thank you, uh, that's very kind of you, that's a very uh, based username right there, all right, let, uh, let's uh, check this one out here, Joe Bruna, look at how he's standing, what is, what is that, is that, what's going on with his, yeah, just very long white shoes on, or is that his? Maybe he's standing in his socks. Uh, anyway, he's being, uh, <clears throat> I guess, confronted here. Let's see. Joe Bruno. Yes. Hi there. Um, James O'Keefe <laughs> with Project Veritas. Not bad. Hell no, to the no, no, no. You're on camera here, talking about giving anal sex toys and butt plugs to little children. <laughs> They're just like passing around dildos, butt plugs. The kids are. Why is he, uh, if nothing to hide, why are you running away, man? Just playing with them. Sir, why are you running? Why are you running away? Why are you running? Sir, anal butt plugs and toys? 
why, why are Project Veritas only using like, South Africans in the, in the, in the uh, meme clips in between? Excuse me? Bruno, just... Uh, excuse why are you running away? Excuse me, um, this, this guy, this teacher is talking about giving sex toys to your children. This is the space where we're dismissing children. Right. Can you actually evacuate the patio? Right, please? but he was giving sex toys to the children. I, I have children here. Isn't it ironic? We're leaving. That's that's um, it's high cringe was, level here now. He was now, talking about giving sex toys to children. We understand. We're, reporters asking someone a question. We are leaving. You bet. As you can see, he ran into the building as quickly as possible. Are we allowed to stand on the sidewalk, sir? Sidewalk. I can't control that. Thank you. We're going to stand on the sidewalk right here. Um, are you, do you know a Joseph Bruno? Bruno. Bruno. Bueller. Wasn't that a, uh, wasn't there a uh, Bruno? Wasn't that a, that a comedy skit or something? What does it say at the end here? Um, anyway. Dean of students talking about giving sex toys to children. Okay. All right. I guess that's that. Anyway, the school came back and they were like, we're fully supportive of, of this guy. <clears throat> was this a follow-up here? Yeah, here's a, they, they attacked, uh, I guess, them. Uh, the problem was Project Veritas pointing this out. That was the big problem. Uh, not that he's handing out these uh, butt plugs uh, to, uh, to minors. All right, emergency press conference, Project Veritas. We have a statement hot off the press from Dan Frank, principal of the Francis W. Parker School in Highland Park, Chicago. This is in reaction to the latest bombshell report. Hot off the press. Let's see what it says. Will they fire the dean? Will they condemn what he said? No, this is they're taking an interesting approach here. Listen to this. Last week at the National Association of Independent Schools People of Color Conference, one of our employees was targeted by the group and misled to believe he was conversing with another conference attendee over a coffee. He was filmed without his knowledge or permission while describing one example of our inclusive, affirming and comprehensive approach to sex education. This group, Project Veritas, has now edited the video with malicious intent. That's interesting, we'll talk about that in a minute. And launched it publicly tonight. Please know this video contains descriptive language. If you choose to view it, we ask you not to share it because it will add to its viral power. So they're saying that we edited it with malicious intent, literally his words, there, there are no edits. It's just him talking about dildos and butt plugs and spit and awful things about with 14-year-old girls getting this information. This is, I don't know what, there's no edit. What are they talking about edit? Are they saying he didn't say these things? Then sue me. Sue me. Mm -hmm. By the way, we never lost a defamation lawsuit. That's because we don't edit anything improperly. Earlier this week, the same group Veritas attempted to ambush our employee at the school and was escorted off campus without incident. Well, we have that video coming tomorrow. Your yeah, characterization is... All right, anyway. Uh, yeah, you could have your uh, issues with the delivery of Veritas, but good for them to uh, catch some of this on camera at least and expose it. That that stash, I think someone in chat mentioned it too, like that stash, <laughs> if, you, if you have that stash. <clears throat> Isn't that the dead giveaway? It, it, it's a specific kind of stash. There are some men that have, you know, very, very cool and based stashes, uh, but this and how it looks on this this guy is not it. Uh, def <laughs> definitely not, right? Uh, so it was it Chicago? Yeah, Chicago private school, right? Um, Pritzker, you had that whole weird movement there with the transhumanist stuff. I think we covered, 
That's a while ago now, but uh, the gov- uh, governor, or is it the mayor? I always forget. Mayor of Chicago? No, not mayor. That's Lightfoot. That's uh, uh, Beetlejuice, right? Yeah, so he's the governor. Has a cousin, I think, which is like a, a uh, uh, born a man, and now he thinks he's a woman, and, and he's like on the front lines of funding transhumanist research and things like that. So I'm not surprised these kinds of uh, mutant uh, uh, beings are, are doing very well and thriving uh, in the now wonderful Chicago. Uh, check this out regarding the circus too. Military sickness exposed. A, a identity of U.S. Army, uh, U.S. Army's Pop Ravage, I guess that's his uh, <clears throat> now locked Twitter account, uh, is Colonel Brian T. Donnelly, retired of Indo Indo. Indopacum, whatever that's short for some <clears throat> some unit there, I guess. Uh, posing in uniform with a dog mask, engaged in dog play sex with the junior U.S. Army officer uh, Dayton Tenney, uh, aka Adjunct Pop. I guess he deleted his Twitter or something like that. You know, when we talk about global homo and like, you know, the U.S. coming in like bombing bombing a country that are that is refusing to submit to. Uh, the barrage of, of rainbow dildos coming out of these military jets and, by the way, the central bank that is to be set up in its, uh, in its, um, uh, in its wake. This is part of it, right? Think of just how much time and effort has been spent on worrying about so-called white supremacists in, in the uh, military, the U.S. military. They're talking about it in the, in the police force and things like that, too. Apparently, th- this is not a, a, a liability. This is not like a big problem. This is totally fine. Uh, Colonel Donnelly and C, uh, CPT, what is that, uh, Corporal, what is that, CPT, uh, Tenny, both were joint base PHAs in Hawaii in an al- alpha pup and beta pup sex relationship with other partners, a pup kink community. Both officers have dog mask pics in uniform and on American military installations. Donnelly's kink was not a secret, his masks seen in office. Uh, again, these used to, this used to be like a liability, right? This is why they didn't even allow uh, homosexuals in the military, right? They could be uh, blackmailed or taken advantage of. They could be uh, caught up in something, which, of course, you know, they wouldn't want to be caught up in. And then instead they ended up, I don't know, leaking military you know, secrets or something like that, right? Uh, now, though, now it, this is totally out in the open. <laughs> Apparently, this is totally fine. Uh, Agent Pop, I guess this is the beta pop here, then. Uh, this pop is very excited to be departing South Carolina. It's been a rough six months. This puppy, however, graduated with honors and was recognized as one of the top dogs. Ugh. Man. She. Time for some much needed vacation before returning to the Alo- uh, Aloha State. <laughs> Hashtag military pup. Yes, folks, this is uh, actually a, a, a big thing. And there's some other, oh, God. Uh, here's some other uh, pictures here. I guess with uh, with some sleuth did uh, on Twitter digging, digging out some stuff here. No, this is, this is totally fine. This is not a problem. And in fact, the, the real issue. Uh, is if if you have people who are actually like proud of their country, uh, they want to preserve and keep the traditions that the country has. Anyway, this article just goes on uh, and exposes more of these people uh, and uh, stuff like that. So I haven't heard them going after. Let me check check some of these pictures here. Um, to the over thousand of y'all that loved and commented on Ravage's retirement post, thank you so much. To the couple of straight non-serving basement dwelling trolls who retweeted it in horror with Snyder marks. Come here, this dog has something for you. All right, <clears throat> great stuff. 
U.S. military, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Not a problem. JP says, Henrik, with uh, Francis W. Parker's school in Highland Park, where there are a lot of Jews. Oh, the, um, the uh, Bruno guy, is that what it is? And I mean, a lot of Jews. And and ways, congrats, anyways, I guess, yes. Congrats on the early arrival of the new beautiful addition to your family. Thank you. Oh, Francis W. Parker. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of that, by the way. Um Bruno, I wonder if he's Jewish, that guy, or if uh, if he's just uh, targeting his uh, his students with some of that horrible stuff. Uh, good to see you, JP, as always. And I come across, uh, check this out, this is this is in stark contrast to uh, <clears throat> what we announced here in the beginning of the show, of course. Uh, happiest, childless, happiest childless millennial on Earth. What is that on the... Uh, what is that on the left there? Is that... Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on there, but I, I, we are very fortunate that uh, it has taken this turn, uh, if you know what I mean, when we uh, when we look at the trajectory uh, of the uh, mutant class, that uh, apparently in opposition, you know, even to like the abortion laws that have been passed in some states, apparently there's like skyrocketing, uh, what, what do you call it, uh, again, the, the snip-snip uh, uh, procedure for, for the lib for liberal men. In many of these liberal states as well. Uh, in other words, they will not be able to have kids. And it's like, oh well. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight that. Check this out. This is incredible stuff here. Um we uh, oh, oh it seems like I could be wrong in this. I'm, I'm I'm not saying this is the only strategy, but I'm saying we just have to survive long enough. <laughs> this and, and and they won't be they won't be an issue anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that they, they're the ones, the people in this picture is like, they're the ones who are like behind everything, all the bad things that's happening in the world. Uh, but there's certainly a, pro, you know, a product of that, right? There's certainly, certainly a, um, a fruit of that labor, right? Uh, all right. Speaking of degradation and, and the, the circus uh, theme here. Now, I, I, we have a follow-up. I think I've decoded what this is, but I saw a couple of videos of some stuff being sold in uh, New York, and uh, one of them is on the streets uh, somewhere in New York, uh, an open barbecue, and the other one is a frozen kind in stores, apparently. Uh, and this is one of those import the third world, become the third world kind of uh, realizations here. Anyway, check this out. Do you see what that is there? Let's take that again. What, what, what is that? Is that right? Uh, it certainly looks like it, doesn't it? And I was like, hmm, is this, is this like for a movie or something? What is going on here? And then it was a follow-up video to this where someone finds this out in, um, in a freezer. Uh, in uh, New York, yeah, check, yeah, check this. Is, speaking of the, you know, the bugs and the, you know, eat the eat the bugs and stuff. I would assume the tra transition phase uh, would be to would be to uh, to uh, you know rats and other kinds of marmots and things like this. And then as we go down, descend down the ladder together, uh, we approach the, uh, the the bug section. But anyway, <laughs> so check this out. This is from a, a freezer section, also in New York. Check this out. What in the entire human? non-human animal eating oh my god are you serious they are bagging up rats now guys the food shortage is real 
Look at this shit. Are you fucking shitting me? This is a wreck. I don't care. It don't have to be a wild wreck. A new, this is a New York City wreck. They trying to make it look like it ain't. Who's eating, yo? All right. So apparently this is um, uh, a common dish in uh, in Peru, someone said. Now, I can't confirm this. Maybe someone's just making this up. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, that's a kai, maybe kai, typical dish from Peru. It's not a sewer rat. What's the difference, though? If you <laughs> Isn't that... Ay, ay, ay. And a platos exoticos, el coi or co- cobaya, uh, a form of a what a guinea pig, I guess it is. Uh, apparently, this is a common dish. Uh, I can't remember too many Westerners eating this before. I mean, you could draw you like as a technicality. Well, you're eating this, and that, but it's like, okay, well, come on, who wants to <laughs> who wants to go down this route? Uh, anyway, so so apparently that those are that's uh, catching on now. Peruvian dishes. Uh, in in New York, uh, partially because of the uh, of the collapse, I guess, right? <laughs> when it comes to how bad it is. All right, um, let me see. We have to we have to talk. Do we have that here? Uh, yeah, this one we could do. I guess we can do. Let's do Sam Bankman here first a little bit. We could, we'll cover a little bit of this. <clears throat> yeah, it tastes like chicken, right? Isn't that what I always say? Oh, it's chicken. It's fine. Don't worry about it. If you're at a Chinese restaurant, I'm sure you've eaten. Part of I haven't been in a Chinese restaurant in years. Uh, probably a lot of uh, mystery meat uh, in some of those departments, to be honest. All right. So anyway, the uh, the bank man was uh, finally arrested here a couple of days ago. The uh, FTI, the disgraced, uh, as I say, like uh, about Jeffrey Epstein, right? Uh, the disgra- not not the uh, the corrupt, uh, you know, fr- front gay op for like the 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 Dems, right? The Democrats. Nothing like that. He's just a disgraced financier. FTX founder and CEO Sam Bankman. Is it freed or is it fried? Regardless, it's it's funny. Uh, arrested in the Bahamas. Serious right there. Uh, Sam Bankman, fried founded founder uh, and CEO of FTX, was arrested Monday evening in the Bahamas. The arrest followed criminal charges filed by U.S. prosecutors and shared with the Bahamian government. Why did it? Um, why did it take so long? Same thing with Epstein. Remember that before they actually went to the island and like started searching and 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 taking things, there would there have been shipments of massive shredders, like a two-ton shredder that were shipped into the island, and apparently an incredible amount of of documents and things like that was destroyed before the authorities could get there. Of course, those who are conspiracy-minded, like I am, we understand, of course, that that was part of the procedure and the process. Let the right people kind of get away. That's why we haven't been given uh, clientele lists officially out, and we don't know who these people were who bought all this sex and who was part of, you know, Epstein's ring or whatever. So I guess it's the same thing here. Enough, they had to destroy enough evidence or cover certain things up before they actually arrested the guy. Uh, simply named SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, is a 30-year-old crypto celebrity come outcast. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah, you got that right. After his crypto exchange, FTX filed for bankruptcy, bankruptcy last month. The speculator implosion, the spectacular rather implosion, sent shockwaves through the crypto community with at least one bankruptcy attributed to FTX downfall. As of December, at least one million depositors remain unable to access Funds held at FDX. Let me see. We can go by the collapse here. 
we know what it's kind of funny when Binance went in there though and kind of ran the the knife in the in their back. Not that Binance is any good guys. Uh, let me see here. Here's more on this. Then. So Sam Bankman Fried's Bahamas arrest occurred after U.S. Attorney Damien Williams of the Southern uh, District of New York filed a sealed indictment. The indictment was shared with the Bahamian government, who arrested SBF Monday evening. Williams confirmed the arrest on Twitter, stating, quote, Earlier this evening, Bahamian authorities arrested Samuel Bankman Fried at the request of the U.S. government based on a sealed indictment filed by the SDNY. Bankman Fried was denied bail the next morning by a judge in the island nation. The chief magistrate... There are other overlaps with Epstein there, too. Apparently, they had, like, sex parties and all kinds of uh, disgusting things tied to it as well. Uh, I'm, I'm sh- I hope there will be more about this coming out because it looks like the tentacles of this thing went pretty pretty deep and, and uh, far. The chief magistrate claimed SPF's access to financial resources made him a great flight risk. He's due to face an ex- uh, extradition hearing on February 8th. The United States Extradition Treaty with the Bahamas permits U.S. prosecutors to return defendants to U.S. soil if the charges could result in at least one year's imprisonment in both jurisdictions. In a statement, Bahamian Prime Minister Philip Davis said that the Bahamas and the United States have a shared interest in holding accountable all individuals associated with FDX who may have betrayed the public trust and broken the law. May. Yeah, that's right. While the United States is pursuing its own criminal charges against Sam Bankman-Fried, Fried, individually, the Bahamas will continue its own regulatory and criminal investigation. Uh, so here's the uh, charges uh, so far. Wire fraud. Now, remember that. This is interesting. We're going to the next one here. Conspiracy to commit wire fraud on consumers and lenders. Conspiracy to commit commodities fraud. Conspiracy to commit securities fraud. Conspiracy to commit money laundering and conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and violate campaign finance law. So much of this was, of course, in circulation uh, on the Democrat side. I think he donated to Republicans as well, but not as much. Uh, that's kind of... It shows you also though, that, that they do play both sides. This is like a, an, an extension to like I don't know, APAC or something like that, if you want to go, uh, go deep into this. Uh, but... Um, much of it was like with the Democrat elites, right? And like 20 million, I think, was sunk into uh, the Biden regime or something like that. But uh, yeah, wire fraud. Um, FTX Inner Circle had a secret chat group called Wire Fraud. How oh, did they lock me out? Let me see if this is on, on archive here. I had it on the other computer. Let me see if that's available real quick. Yes. Okay, good. <clears throat> Here we go. Members of the inner circle of power at Collapse Cryptocurrency Exchange, FTX, formed a chat group called Wire Fraud and were using it to send secret information about operations in the lead up to the company's spectacular failure. On the eve of the first big hearing in the U.S. Congress this week that will investigate FTX collapse, the Australian Financial Review has learned that FTX founders Sam Bankman-Fried and Xiaojo, whatever, uh, Gary or Gary Wang, along with FDX engineer Nishad Singh and former Alameda Research Chief Executive Carolyn Ellison. All right, there is a tie to, is it the SEC again or is it the FTC? I, I think it's the SEC, right? The Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, her dad is tied into to, to this as well. Um, one of the reasons why they say this was like the one of the safest places 
that you can go to, you know, with your crypto and stuff, FTX is because like they have ties to, you know, the, their parents are U.S. regulators and this is super safe. And <laughs> it's kind of funny when that come out. Uh, anyway, so Caroline Ellison and all these other people used a chat group on Signal in the hope that the information would remain hidden. On Monday, uh, Mr. Bankman-Fried denied being part of the chat, saying, if this is true, then I wasn't a member of that inner circle. I'm quite sure it is, it's just false. I have never heard of such a group, uh, which is you can't, of course, trust anything uh, this guy had to have to say at this point. He would lie about everything because he lied up to this point. Uh, yes, indeed. Mr. Wright says uh, over on Odyssey, uh, Justin, what's the giant shredder? Yeah, there was the uh, the Epstein shredder that was brought in. Remember that? A two-ton shredder to, to destroy all the evidence. And then about, what, month at least? Remember we had that footage of the guy who uh, shot the drone who flew over the uh, the island and we got a lot of the, you know, good footage from that. But uh, it was like two, three weeks after that at least um, that the authorities finally moved in. And much of it would have been destroyed, I think, at that point. Uh, Yee's friends found a more efficient circumcision method. <laughs> there, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, that's that. Uh, there's a lot to say about that. Let me uh, let me let me tell you that much. Thank you, Mr. Wright. Good to uh, good to see you. All right, so I thought we could play. Let's play this too. We didn't cover it at the time, but it turns out that the guy that the uh, U.S. swapped out for the uh, basketball American. What was his name again? Ronnie, or what was it? Uh, 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 drug charges, right? Marijuana charges in Russia. This guy, I mean, it's obvious. Like we, I, I don't have the clip here now, but he was talking on a plane and it was like, whoa, what's going on with this guy? No one have heard uh, her talk before. Chat probably has, but what was the basketball player's name? They swapped out her, him with this guy, Lord of War, apparently. They based some, vic uh, some um, yeah, Brittany Griner. Thank you, uh, um, Orpheus. Brittany Griner. That's right. And he mu it must be. It, 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 it's got to be a, a, a man. It's got to be a boy. You know, like it, there were some pictures. People I saw it on Twitter. They were like showing. Uh, and this wasn't like you know top surgery pictures. This was like you know obviously a flat flat chest. This was a, this was a boy, very similar. Uh, so I guess that's what it. Is. But anyway, so the point is, Brittany Griner checked all the diversity boxes essentially. Uh, so that's why the Biden regime and the U.S. government worked hard to get that person out uh, in exchange for this guy. And I'm not saying this is a bad guy because it turns out this clip, he has actually some quite a bit of sympathy for, I guess, regular Americans and normal Americans. I think he he had overseen, I think, shipments of weapon could even have been aid. I am a little fussy on the details. Uh, again, just just briefly caught this. Uh, in, in the last couple of weeks as this unfolded. I can't remember all the details now. But that's not the most important part. What's important is I want to play you what he says, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I think he, he oversaw A, that was meant to go to Ukraine, and he funneled it to Russia. He's been buying weapons. Um, or no, he, he's, he, he received donation of weapons in Ukraine, but managed to funnel them and sell them, I think, to other countries who are like on the terrorist list and stuff like that. Uh, there's probably a ton of other stuff that he actually did. Um, so anyway, Victor Bout uh, is his name, which they based this this uh, char you know character of Lord of War. Um, listen to what it says on RT here. It's kind of interesting. Do you hate America? No. You know, in fact, I'm knowing many inmates. I figure out we're sharing way more common. Maybe America is 
very much similar. Look, it's the same size, they have a, it's the same kind of this. And when you talk to them, there is nothing there even to beef about. We are naturally, you know, born not to be enemies. And whenever there's conflict, it's elites. You know, every, you know, American I met in a prison who is from rural area was very easy to deal with. He has no problem with Russia and he was curious about Russia, despite all propaganda. They're losing their Christian values. They're losing their families. They're losing literally their countries. It's not anymore the same country. We knew America who used to be a model for entire world and lead and be an example, you know, like they say, a shiny town on the, you know, sparkling town on a hill. And this is, of course, pity. It was a strong country who was really a, you know, industrial might, you know, this one. And look, for 30, 40 years, deindustrialization, drug now we have uh, <clears throat> we have Bruno and uh, 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 Ravage Pup. <laughs> That's what we have. Problem, crime, waves. You can understand, and I feel more empathy to American after this experience than I would feel any hate. What would you consider as the most important event of the years that you have spent in prison? Uh, which events? Uh, international? Well, it doesn't matter. Maybe international. 2014. Oh, okay. Why? Well, it's, I guess, uh, would be in a history as a turning point. It's a turning point. Uh, finally, stand up on the knees. Proud, strong. 14. Is, he, is he talking about Crimea or something like that? Is that what, uh, is that what it's about? Anyway, so he's, it says in the lower 30, he was uh, in U.S. prison for 11 years. After the, I, for, I forgot all the, the list of crimes and stuff. But isn't it funny, though, just like as an as a observation of this, that like even, even the, the, like the, the worst guy right, that the system tells us, like the, the terrorist and the guy who like defrauded the U.S. and stole money and he sold weapons to third world countries or whatever all, all the crimes was that he uh, allegedly did, right? Even he can, like, <laughs> can like be largely, oh, you know, big picture view, like on point about like what's going on in the world. Uh, it, it's funny, and pinpointing is like it, it's elites that's like fucking everything over. Uh, maybe this is not like a, a an exceptionally like wow, look at that, but but still, you know, you'd you'd expect something uh, different from a guy like this. Um, you know, I hate America. Like eleven years in jail. No, it's fine. Rural Americans, they're great. There's no problem. They're losing their country. Incredible. Years ago, when you were, if you would have. Uh, oh, that's right. And Maria Butina is hosting this too. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, remember her? She was the one. We did a video about that at the time. She was the one who had just talked with Republicans essentially, and and in order to weave the Russia, you know, Russia bad narrative, uh, they charged her. I think she agrees it was on plea deal or something. I forget all, all the details now about it. Uh, but they basically got her to admit, oh, yeah, I did wrong by just talking to. I, I guess she had slept with some, you know, Republican donor or something like that. I forget all the details. Um, it seemed largely overplayed just to continue to spin the Russian narrative. Uh, but anyway, now she's on uh, RT doing uh, doing an interview show. Good no, that it's going to happen with you. I mean, you're going to spend 14 years away from your family, from your motherland. Would you have, uh, would you do something differently in your life? It's difficult to live on the callings of your heart. But if you listen in your heart, no, you know, yes, you're gonna, 
sometimes you get into trouble but you never betrayed yourself you know and this inner peace give you enough strength to go through everything why because you don't have a conflict inside of you doesn't matter what you have peace and tranquility because you trust in your heart you trust in callings of your blood you're trusting and you're never fighting who you are okay <clears throat> so that's the guy uh, that russia got and this is the guy that uh, america got in that exchange what's your mood Happy. <laughs> well, I ready for a flight. An, an alleged woman here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes. Yeah. Good. Do you know where I'm heading to? No. 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 Everything will be fine. All right, anyway. That's 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 a guy. That's a that's a man right there. <laughs> would, would I be surprised? No, of course not. Uh, absolutely, absolutely not. The second wanderer over on Entropy says that's right. 2014 is when Russia had that referendum, which turned the Crimea over to Russian hands. Yeah, and then you had what well, you had a, the coup. Well, the second second coup in ukraine right in 2014 the maidan that stuff but you have i mean we've and we've covered that you had stuff going on there back to 2006 7 8 uh all the gay ops the orange color color revolution and i mean america nato the west whatever call it what you want uh had been meddling in ukraine for 20 years before uh, you know russia went in there uh, think of that what you want but uh, that's just uh, the fact of it uh this is a, f- a fascinating piece here they always, they're always very worried um, that we have people that are kind of, I guess, bridging out, right? That they, they just don't talk about like what's happening to uh, our people, right? Or our, our race or what's happening to our countries. Uh, they're worried that people are developing a, a wholesome uh, kind of approach to many different subjects uh, from, from health to uh, outdoors uh, issues to, to to you know traditional values and stuff like that, and then kind of tying that together uh, with essentially their uh, ethnic interest. Uh, so the Atlantic, wonderful outlet um, here with uh, Jeffrey Gold uh, Gold not Goldstein. What's it, what's the editor's name? Joe Goldsmith is that what it is? I forget his name now. Um, the crunchy to alt right pipeline, and this—I mean, I don't even know anybody that seriously uses this term anymore. But this was a great, you know, boom, boon, i guess it's the term—is uh, for uh, for the Atlantics out there at the time when that showed up. So they've like they're running on this because it's like they're this harkens back to their heyday when they could cover the the anti-Semitic rise of the alt right, you know, kind of thing. Uh, those living on the fringe of the left and the right share more in common than you might think. So here's the uh, the case for the uh, the based uh, centrist approach here, where the Atlantic, I guess, <clears throat> is dismissing uh, a little bit on uh, some of the issues on the on the fringe left. And then most of the things on the on the right uh, by Kathleen Bellew. And there you have your KKK picture right there with uh, with someone, an old woman pickle pickling something. On Twitter and TikTok over the past few weeks, scores of users have become alarmed about the uncomfortable coziness between the 
natural food and body community, and white power and militant right online spaces. <laughs> the crunchy to alt-right pipeline. Crunchy, coined as a pop culture reference to granola, has come to refer to as a wide variety of cultural practices, including avoiding, avoiding additives and food dyes. Oy vey. Declining or spacing out childhood vaccinations beyond what pediatricians recommend. What do you mean? Brought to you by Pfizer. You mean that? You mean that uh, pharmaceutical uh, pediatricians uh, that that pediatrician sponsored pharmaceutical uh, pipeline industrial complex? Yeah, and more extreme actions in pursuit of health, independence, and purity. That's right. These are now dangerous. Just as 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 free speech is a major problem for these people. Anybody who wants to live a natural lifestyle, anybody who wants to be outside uh, of the hamster wheel uh, of of this modern healthscape uh, is now a big problem. Back to the land living and alternative medicine are hallmarks of crunch. Much of this subculture is benign, a declaration of anti-modernism or slow living. But this largely white cultural space shares some preoccupations with right-wing organizations, which have used it for recruitment. In the 1970s and 80s, women in the emergent white power movement, which gathered Ku Klux Klan members, neo-Nazis, skinheads, Christian identity members, TAC resistors, and other militant right uh, activists, deployed what we would now call crunchy issues as part of a wider articulation of cultural identity. It's very dangerous, folks. These bits of crunchiness include organic farming, a microbiotic diet or macrobiotic diet, neo-paganism, anti-fluoridation, and traditional midwifery. <laughs> Run for the hills, folks! The, uh, the the naturalists are coming, and they have taken, and they have the white supremacists with them. All of these are often thoughts thought of as leftists or hippie issues, but they appeared appeared regularly in the robust outpouring of women's publications in the white power movement. The surprise at the crunchy to alt-right pipeline or at the closeness between the radical right and the radical left reveals a problem with, with common ideas about left, right and center in American politics. In general discourse and too often in histi historiography, we use a measure that harkens back to World War II, with the left aligned with the communist USSR on one end, a flat line running through a political center with democracy in the United States, and the right on the other hand, where fascism and Nazi Germany reside. This idea of a political spectrum implies that left and right share little in common and that they are diametrically opposed. It also positions fascism as far away from American politics when recent history shows us quite the opposite. The archive of white power movement, is that what it is? Art, the archive of the white power movement, a vivid repository of letters, newspapers, personal correspondences, images, FBI files, news reports, and court records collected across decades suggests that the reality is much more complex. Where, where is this? The, the archive of the white power movement? Who's sitting on that? Can she not explain more of this? Anyway, uh, left and right not only grew close to each other in the 70s and 80s, but they sometimes shared much more with each other than with the political center. And this is this, you know, 
I'm not going to argue, oh, the right and left doesn't exist and stuff. And of course they do. But it also, it's, it's, it's constantly the fear that you actually would have people transcend the circus and the, and the, and the right-left political spectrum to actually begin cooperate. And I, it's virtually impossible to, you know, for right-wingers, I think, to work together with leftists uh, overall, at, at least in the, these new factions of the left. But maybe a traditional left, yeah, you could potentially do that, right? But the point is that they're terrified. I, I think they will start to demonize any for any so-called fringe that doesn't matter where it positions itself on this kind of political spectrum. As long as it's not like approved, sanctioned, mainstream ideology and views, it will be demonized at some point. But they fear that they actually will be just normal, regular people coming together and actually fighting the establishment, fighting the elite, pushing back against, you know, those who actually do hold uh, the power in doing this to us. And I'm not saying like there'll be this, oh, there, there'll be some kumbaya movement with the uh, Antifa's one day. Obviously, that's not realistic. It's never going to happen anyway. Um, but the center thing, the, the demo, you know, democracy and official stuff and blah, 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 that's the most important thing. Some political scientists have suggested a horseshoe theory. Uh, are they just coming around to this? With the center as the rounded top of a horseshoe and the two fringes on either end, but inclined towards one another. This image, while evocative, isn't quite right. In the archive, it looks more like a circle. In the 1980s, for instance, white supremacist compounds and hippie communes could exist in the same rural communities. Consider, and here's interesting, consider Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, <laughs> the home of the white separatist compound Aryan nations. Coeur d'Alene also attract other survivalists. Ooh and people who want to distance from the state as well as environmentally inclined leftists attracted to the scenic lakes and mountains. You see the, you see what's happening here? <laughs> Agenda 2030. What you're you have an you have a an unacceptable attraction to natural beauty. What is what is we're beginning we're becoming suspicious of you. Scholars have spent ample time on other alliances between neighbors in this period, such as the way the white power movement radicalized its rural neighbors affected by the farm crisis of the 1970s. Yeah, as soon as they you know, screw up and, and do a bunch of bad stuff, people become skeptical and they move you know, to other solutions. They look at other people and they say, well, well they, they make a good point, these guys over here. <laughs> maybe they would mismanage us. Maybe they, maybe they don't want us dead. And, and want our kids to be like mutants, you know what I mean? It's a big problem, very dangerous. Beginning in the 70s, the alternative lifestyle publication Mother Earth News ran articles on organic gardening ooh, and other issues championed by the left. Though the publication itself was not an organ of the white power movement, TM, and indeed often espoused leftist positions, in at least one high-profile case, white power activists use its classif uh, classifieds section to find one another. Should be, a, should, be, should be against the law for people with the wrong opinions to use the classified sections of papers. Robert Matthews, the leader of the white power terrorist group The Order, met his first wife through the magazine's personal advertisements. Matthews would lead the order on a spree of racist and anti-Semitic assassinations, robberies, and infrastructure attacks that in many ways lay the foundation for the violent strategies used by white powder 
and milit militant right activists today. His wife, Debbie Matthews, had a movement career uh, of her own that lasted long after her husband's death at the hands of pursuing federal agents and traded on his martyrdom. Yeah, but did they kill him or something, I assume? Un unless it was a gay op and it was actually organic, 100%. It wasn't like a feds or something. Um, usually what happens is they just they kill them, right? They take him out. The Matthews family lived in Metaline Falls, Washington, and commuted to nearby Hayden Lake, Idaho. In addition to the Aryan Nations compound, compound Hay Hayden Lake and nearby Coeur d'Alene hosted uh, teepee-dwelling hippie communities, alternative lifestyle followers, Northwestern outdoorsmen, fundamentalist Mormons, and survivalist unaffiliated or loosely affiliated with white supremacy. Do you see, again, do you see what's happening here? Where basically, if there's any kind of like cross ideological, whatever, political uh, factions, uh, pollination that's occurring, or, or or just have normal people that might be interested in different things that just talk to each other and just agree on common sense issues, you're going to notice that m more and more and more of that is going to be a massive problem uh, for these fanatics, such as this author uh, in, in the Atlantic here. Issues common to these groups accorded... Uh, accorded with the ideas of purity and interest in survivalism and a deep distrust of the government. Yeah, why in the world would someone be, be distrustful of the authorities? To be sure, the meaning of each of these issues would have been different to activists of different political persuasions, even in the same communities. Homeschooling, for instance, could be used in the white power movement, TM, and as a part of an inter, uh, intentional community or cult on the left. Midwifery might be powered by anti-feminism and strict gender divides on the right, or by women's liberation and ideas of empowerment on the left. Anti-technology might be only selectively applied in a right-wing compound such as the Covenant, the Sword, and the Arm of the Lord. These residents uh, eschew modern conveniences but manufactured landmines and automatic weapons in the remote Ozarks compound. Another part of the Venn diagram is anti-fluoridation. Another part of the Venn diagram is anti-fluoridation. The movement to oppose the government's addition of fluoride to drinking water to reduce dental decay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, that's right. The argument that a couple of kids are having too much soda pop, so we have to poison the entire water supply with this totally safe and, and, and not harmful chemical in order to save everybody's teeth. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, this cause was taken up from an individual rights perspective by libertarians who argued that public infrastructure needs uh, should not outweigh public's ability to make decisions about their own dental health. Yeah, that's, that's very radical right there. It was also treated by members of the right-wing John Birch, Birch Society as a communist conspiracy to undermine American public health. This alliance between anti-communists and libertarians is well documented in the history of American conservatism. And one can easily imagine how these two concerns could also be translated to social conservatives and survivalist evangelicals, to name a few other right-wing constituents or constituencies. Communism, after all, was seen as a threat to Christianity and the individual decisions argumented uh, 
argument rather, resonated with social conservatives interested in other issues that depend on individual choice. Anti-fluoridation was also taken up by a former executive director of the Sierra Club, among other environmentalists who argued that fluoride was a risk to ecosystem and a pollutant. Well, is it is it not? It's literally like a a toxic. Uh, what's the what's the term? A side, a side product, I guess it is, right? Uh, when you do, is it aluminum? When you um, uh, when you mine for aluminum, I think it is fluoride. I, I could have this wrong. It was a few years ago since I was, was into that. But anyway, uh, it's just straight up treated as, as a toxin. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. All right. Anyway, uh, continue here. Alexandra Mina Stern's 2005 book, Eugenic Nation, documents the intersection between eugenics, hered hereditarianism, and other forms of white supremacist pseudoscience on the one hand, and environmentalism in general, and the Sierra Club in particularly on the other. Uh, but such work has largely focused on the early 20th century, and it leaves out a main thread that connected the left and the right in the 1980s and 90s, the idea that of a looming apocalypse. White power TM activist worried that fluoride would make people docile such that revolution against the state and race war would be harder to accomplish. Is this, uh, is this, I want to read that, uh, the archive, the white supremacy archive. What did, they, what did she call it again? <laughs> Figure that out. Uh, is that really true or is that just them making it up? In the white power movement, anti-fluoridation and the fear that the state would contaminate the water or or allow communists to do so in particularly significant. <laughs> Given that they were also interested in water contamination as a warfare strategy in the early 1980s, one white power group planned to poison Chicago, New York and Washington DC's water supply with 30 gallons of cyanide in order to foment revolution. Um, aren't they already like with all the uh, with all the pharmaceuticals that people are just like dumping in the water supply and actually urinating out and all that stuff, isn't that isn't that already happening? You could argue maybe it's not cyanide, but the point is like you have a chemical alteration of most humans if you if you consume, drink, and bathe in like just common, uh, you know, government what what do you call it? City water, right? Just essentially, by making this nightmare about fouled water come true, these activists believed they could awaken the public, revealing the state as the enemy and bring people to the cause. Sorry, guys. The cyanide plan, luckily for Chicago, was prevented when the poison was seized during the bust of a white power compound. But like poison in the water, extremism has had spread already. Uh, okay, grand finale here for the Atlantic. The crunchy to alt-right pipeline brings up another problem, one that is very real and dangerous. The attempts of the white power movement and the militant right to find recruits. That's right, they should not be able to communicate to other people uh, or share their ideas in any kind of capacity. Yet another factor shaping what's going on here is opportunism. Oh, why? Because the people in charge are largely uh, uh, failing. So people come in and say, hey, <laughs> well, these guys are completely insane and they, they can't do anything right. Uh, maybe it's time for something different. White power, trademark, TM, is built around the movement's ability to understand where our mainstream culture is vulnerable and to use those vulnerabilities for its own purpose. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't, call me crazy, but maybe you shouldn't try to diddle the kids. Maybe, that, maybe that's a good tip to start.
Now, I don't want them to succeed, so don't get me wrong. Don't interrupt when your enemy is making a, a mistake, as I say. But I'm just saying there's so many crazy things that mainstream culture has done over the last few decades that it's only natural for people to like, all right, I, I want no part of this shit, okay? Like, I'm out. The point is this people, these people do not want you to be able to leave. That's what's so weird and frightening with this, right? They, they, they just want you like completely... Uh, dependent and a slave to their methods, to their system. The second era clan of the 1920s was anti-black and anti-Semitic, but it also used local tensions to galvanize recruits. Where Mexicans and Mexican-Americans lived uh, on and near the border, the clan was anti-Mexican and had members of the Border Patrol. In the Northwest, where labor unions threatened profits in the timber industry, it was anti-union. In the North, oh, so it, it adapted to local issues is that what you're saying <laughs> it's shocking in the northeast where immigrants were arriving in large numbers from eastern and southern europe it was anti-immigrant and in indiana especially near notre dame university it was anti-catholic in each instance clan leaders married their knowledge of local public opinion and the group's broader objectives they did so effectively and the second era clan grew to some four million members some of whom marched through the nation's capital with their faces uncovered there's a little bit more here the skate, scapegoat-driven opportunism has long appeared alongside a sort of cultural opportunism. In the 1920s, as Kathleen Blee has shown, you could buy a women's clan auxiliary uniform in a fashionable cut that showed the right amount of ankle. Shocking. In the 1980s, people in the white power movement, TM, donned camouflage fatigues in part because they were a paramilitary formation interested in tactical readiness, but also because camouflage fatigues were cool in the 1980s and in the age of paintball and soldier of fortune magazine and a panoply of Vietnam war movies. In opportunistic movements, we have to ask real questions about earnestness, right? Are the activists using local scapegoats and camouflage fatigues in the in a shrewd and craven way to manipulate possible recruits? Well, even if they are, like, what are you going to do about it? Or do they believe what they're peddling? In the historical archive, there are examples of both kinds of behavior. The, the, this historical archives are referencing that, like such, uh, like everyone knows what she's talking about. But anyway, uh, the pipeline is real. Individual people are indeed being recruited into the militant right. Some of them make this journey through crunchy online spaces into white power content, as the sociologist Cynthia Miller Idris has documented in Hate in the Homeland, some <clears throat> magnificent book she's written. But the crunchy to alt-right pipeline conversation gives us a chance to see something crucial that is often lost in depictions of right-wing formations. The white power movement, TM, is not just men marching in the streets. It's also, and here it is, right? It's also women sharing cultural materials, materials through social networks. <laughs> that this is a problem now, folks. That this, this, we cannot, we, this cannot stand. How do we stop women sharing cultural materials on social media sites? Women and the Cultural materials upon which they exert their most intense influence are wh where we can see that this is a social movement. So if you come across crunchy content that clicks through to trad wives, for instance, women who appear to simply be canning and making their own cleaning supplies, but who embrace trad. 
parentheses here, traditional aesthetics. As part, and that tells you what the audience is here. Uh, as part of a broader white power ideology and quickly move you along to more radical content, you're encouraging both a fluidity of belief and opportunism. Many people who advocate for crunchy issues expressed horror and surprise at the pipeline conversation because they felt manipulated. And yes, this is manipulation. It's direct recruitment. So this is this is going to be uh, they were going to push for this to be outlawed. If you if you use somehow something in the real world to your advantage to convince someone, I guess, or, or, or at least share your material and information in such a way that it makes sense to them, uh, that is going to be uh, a, a big problem that needs to be stopped in, in, in one way or another, right? Right, last one here. And let's not be confused about the end game. White power activists, TM, then and now envision an all-white ethno-state or world achieved through profound violence and no macrobiotic diet or apple cider vinegar remedy can ameliorate the message. Oh, yeah, yeah. Incredible stuff. That's The Atlantic, folks. The Crunchy to Alt-Right Pipeline by uh, Kathleen, Kathleen Bellew, uh, just out uh, today here. Incredible stuff. So, heads up. Point uh, again. They've made these points a little bit in the past. It's not that it's completely brand new. Um, but if it's true what they're building around, you know, misinformation and, and, and like things you should or should not be able to, to share on social media or stuff like that, uh, see a push in this direction or see a push for that to like block some of this or a kind of a, a, a built in by default suspicion. If you're like somehow, uh, think it's better to do things naturally as opposed to, I don't know, with like, with the help of like big pharma or, or, or you know, <laughs> toxic, you know, a slew of uh, toxic sludge pushed by the state, I guess. Um, all right. Uh, President Obunga with a big one here. Thank you, uh, President Obunga. Uh, some shekels for the baby, Henrik. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Here's a uh, cheers to building new successful communities for our descendants. Thank you. It is true. Uh, I was in California recently and a lot of the old hippie ladies have gone right wing now. Isn't that interesting? Was it that they is it that they're they're just basically have stayed where they're at and the uh, the the window the overtime window has moved so radically like in the cultural discourse and through the political system that if you just meant to, I, I know I had a I have an uncle that basically been a, a like a, a leftist like all his life and ironically he understands more of some of the things that that, that I talk about than the supposed you know more right-wing or conservative, uh, you know, his brothers do, and he's he's much more you know kind of well balanced and 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 in the center of things you know more you you're able to talk to him more in a sense and he understands the arguments much more. So it's kind of interesting how that seems to have happened. That just like if you've just been left all your life, you know, standing up for the worker, uh, you know, traditional you know leftist points, you are you are literally considered like a, an extremist uh, by some of these mainstream people now. Um, the leftists there, speaking of, back to President Abunga's point here about the, those in California, uh, are all in favor of eating. Uh, are all <laughs> the leftists there are all in favor of eating chemicals and GMOs? Yeah, you're talking about like the new ones, right? Yeah, uh, taking weird prescription pills and mutilating their bodies. Well, it's true. They often attack organic food as right wing. Isn't that amazing how that change has happened? Uh, good point. Thank you, President Abunga, very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Um, and I've heard this too. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you have the whole, 
the whole system of like uh, you know chemical castration or the the, the transsexual the, the transgender uh, craziness that they're pushing none of that is really you can't really do that without you know the mainstream you know big big pharma industry essentially they they know that they're in charge and therefore whatever happens in the mainstream culture they have to be there and back that up essentially right um, speaking of media and why they're, uh, why, you know, the, the Atlantic, of course, is a perfect example of why they, they fail, of just how out of touch they are. And, and this snooty looking down your nose, uh, uh, you know, attitudes that they have towards like, you know, just normal people and the concerns that they have uh, runs deep throughout the, the, the entire media. Right. Uh, Washington Post, which is, you know, I guess they're they're second to uh, to only the Atlantic, or you could argue that maybe the the, the Washington Post is number one, and then it's the Atlantic. But apparently, uh, they have lost five hundred thousand subscribers in the past year, and they've not, people said this at the time. It's like the only reason they're doing this is like uh, or maintaining their, their their position, I guess, is because of like the Trump presidency, right? And, and as soon as Trump was out of the office, and that's that whole wave is over. And look, he might come back and whatever, but. I, I think they're begging for it because, because it would give them a reason again to exist, essentially, right? But people said that. like They they, they maintained their level uh, of popularity because of Trump. And CNN, same thing there. And now when he's out of office, of course, they're decommissioning, they're, they're canceling, uh, firing people and stuff. Uh, so they have a, a, a announcement here recently, a layoff meeting, I guess. Uh, and they say the meeting didn't go very well. Check this out. It's funny. We will have we'll have more information as we move forward. Thank you very much. I think that's it. <clears throat> All employee town hall, December 14th, 2022. Uh, One million views. That's funny, huh? <laughs> the Washington Post, which has lost 500,000 subscribers in the past year, has announced layoffs are coming to the paper. The meeting didn't go well. Uh, it's the uh, captioning to that there. Oh, well, very sad. Very sad indeed. Um, Here's another one for the books here. <clears throat> Calgary judge spares indigenous throat slitter federal prison due to, checks notes, colonialism. That's right, not white uh, uh, privilege, I guess, in this case. <clears throat> We're attributing because, you know, well, white privilege and supremacy did this to you, so it's okay. Uh, a Calgary judge just let an indigenous man avoid a federal prison sentence despite having slit a stranger's throat on the subway in May. In his ruling on the case of the 25-year-old Bobby Crane, Judge Harry Van Harten cited, quote, the history of colonialism as contributing to his attack on the white 65-year-old stranger, Leonard Smith. I mean, we told you they'll, they'll, they'll literally get a pass for murder, and here it is. The history of colonialism has to be taken into account, said Van Harten during his ruling. Instead of serve, uh, serving his sentence in a federal prison, Crane will serve two years, two years in a provincial jail and an additional three years of probation. The brutal incident occurred on May 18th on a CT train, or a C train, I guess it is, at around 6.20 a.m. Smith, 
who was visually impaired and relies on public transit, was attacked by crane from behind. So here you have a 65-year-old blind man having his uh, throat slit <clears throat> by a poor old, uh, you know, an indigenous, uh, what, it, what do they call him, a noble savage, right? Was that what the, uh, the, the theme was? Uh, Google that if you aren't familiar with it. Um, and it's totally okay because, you know, well, colonialism. Am I right? Crane slashed Smith's throat with a utility knife from one side to the next, leaving him with a 23-centimeter gash on his neck that barely missed his carotid artery. Uh, or car carotide, is that what it's called? Carotide artery. Which, if severed, would have likely left Smith dead. Amazing, he survived 23 centimeters. What, it's out something like that, maybe? What is that, 15 inches? I don't know. Um... 12, maybe. The accused slashed his throat, dragging his knife from the right side to the left of Mr. Smith's neck, said Crown Prosecutor Tara Wells. Wells called for the most strict sentence for Crane over the horrific act of random violence. In other words, here's a here's an old white guy. He's to blame for everything. This is one of these cases that if the roles were races were reversed, it, it would have been used nonstop in the media as an example of how dangerous it is that these white the the uh, the racist rhetoric that's happening on social media is leading to real world harm right that, that that's usually what they wheel out in this case having the media and the mainstream uh, pitching a, a, an anti-white narrative which is like colonialism and racism and white supremacy and stuff uh, of course have no no side effects whatsoever uh, there's no random acts of violence happening just because someone is white that that's never happened Lawyers representing Crane argue that he should be spared the most severe sentence due to his status as an indigenous man being diagnosed with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Here we go. Uh, and the so-called danger federal prison would pose to him. If you were to impose the sentence that my friend is asking, that doesn't help the public, claimed lawyer Rebecca Snookel. Judge Van Harten agreed with the defense, saying that he would let Crane partake in a FASD rehabilitation program. That's going to give him life, and that's what I'm asking you to do, said Van Harten. Although he tried to take another man's life. We owe him that, right? Random attacks have been on the rise in Canada, throughout Calgary, blah, 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 early this month. A plea charged a man for assaulting at least 10 random strangers in the city's downtown. Was there a racial component to that, too? I'm sure it was. Aye, aye. What, what an era, folks, we live in right now. All right, <clears throat> let me do this. Let's just do this one real quick. So apparently, uh, the checkmark issue, I haven't covered this too much, you know, with Elon, but the whole establishment, they're very upset with Musk for uh, taking over Twitter. They think it's the rise of a Fourth Reich uh, on Twitter, essentially, if you listen to the mainstream media. Um, and this issue of checkmarks is apparently a very big problem uh, for people uh, like Jonathan Greenblatt and uh, those at the ADL, uh, where they're not claiming... Uh, today, the ADL claimed that they have experts tracking newly verified extremists, that, uh, which is all due to Musk, of course. Uh, and here, Lauren Southern is, well, I'm not, a, I'm not an extremist. I've had mine for seven years. Uh, of course, fact-checking wouldn't do well for their narrative against Elon Musk. Uh, so anyway, here's a, from the ADL, ADL website right here. And apparently, uh, yours truly got a mention in this too i guess we can go full screen here uh they talk about the beginning here of a blue check mark and how that could lead to it could lead to a f uh, what was the term jonathan used a false uh, uh false credibility i think he said or so, something like that so now they're quetching 
uh, Lauren Southern, again, she's had it for a long time, right? Libs of TikTok. Didn't they have it too earlier? Jason Kessler mentioned. Richard Spencer. Didn't he have it before as well? I think he had it from before. Uh, and uh, and then I mentioned right there too. Uh, a Swedish white supremacist <laughs> runs the media site Red Eyes TV with his wife Lana and American and American white supremacist. Red Ice TV broadcasts white nationalist, racist, anti-Semitic, and far-right content. Uh, well, if you're against it, uh, we uh, we are definitely uh, happy that you. Uh, or if, if you're pro the things that we're against, we're definitely happy to uh, to to uh, to take to, to to be uh, to be considered guilty of the charges. I guess whatever you say, right? Uh, that they go after Roosh as well. But yeah, so so Twitter and uh, Greenblatt, of course, of course, have been. Making the rounds this is one of these things I miss. You might have seen some of this over the last couple of weeks when we were uh, out of uh, out of circulation. Uh, but if you missed it, it's very important for you to play this. Uh, you know, most people talk about this thing of like, well, you know, uh, Jews Jews have disproportionate power and influence, and that's what some people are complaining on, and they shouldn't be immune from criticism. Why can't you? Why can you complain on every single group except them? You know, things like this, right? So what happens is that Jonathan Greenblatt went on. Uh, the is it the Breakfast Club? They're called a couple of uh, you know yay sayers and, and uh, nodding basketball Americans um, to basically voice his uh, his concerns about the Elon Musk and Twitter and of course Kanye and all that stuff. Uh, so we have a few, few clips for you here on this. Check this out here. First, they talk he talk about how they have to if we don't get Kanye right, and of course you can interpret this in, in multiple different ways. Uh, if Someone like us would have said it. They, of course, would have said, well, this is a call for violence, right? So listen to what, what Greenblatt said here. We have to get Kanye. What, what, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean here? What do you mean get? Do you have some tools at your disposal where you can just get the people that are saying things you don't like? Listen to this. All approving somebody like Kanye, right? Because Kanye says, hey, Jewish people have all the power, and then he loses everything. Well, look. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, isn't that, isn't that fascinating how that happens? The, the insidious the insidious nature of anti-Semitism and these tropes about power is Kanye can say these things. Jews have all the power. They're controlling everything. And if we don't get him, you know, if we don't deal with that, the myth spreads mm -hmm. and it takes root. <laughs> if it, cha it changes his tune there a little bit, right? If we don't, well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get him. We gotta get to him. Uh, here's more. Here's, um, He's going after, or no, he's uh, voicing, very, he's very proud uh, that in Germany it's illegal to question uh, essentially anything around World War II. And of course, the argument is that should therefore be implemented in all these other countries. You know, I, I don't feel like Amazon got much of that fire. So I'm going to tell you, we are working on that. Because you're pointing something out, DJ Envy, that's incredibly important. It's not. It's not just about what the people say, it's what the platform does. Mm -hmm. It's not just what Chappelle says, it's what SNL does or NBC does. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the what Kyrie tweets, it's about Amazon hosting it. Mm -hmm. So, look, we've launched a whole campaign against Amazon. We announced on Monday we're working with the German government because Holocaust denialism, and that movie is offensive in part because it says that white Jews invented the Holocaust, that it didn't really happen. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Let's just put that out there. I don't think I really should even need to, but Holocaust. You are not allowed to question what we tell you to. You must submit and believe whatever we tell you about history. It's a it's a fascinating issue because 
I mean, I will, I'm sure it will be extended eventually. But for now, uh, these people and the Jonathan Greenblatt's have had a virtual monopoly on just having their historical events, so to speak, singled out and and something to to as an untouchable topic and that you're not allowed to question, you're not allowed, allowed to research this, you're not allowed to discuss these things. And of course, you think this is a great thing. This is wonderful in Germany. And in fact, America should have this too. Denialism is illegal in Germany. That movie is available on Amazon Germany. Mm. So we are now working with the German government because Amazon... We are getting litigious. Imagine that. Amazon is breaking the law. Mm. I also had, uh, we, we worked with members of Congress, had about three dozen members of Congress write a letter to CEO Andy Jassy and to the chairman Jeff Bezos. We also uh, worked with all these different groups in the Jewish community to write a letter. We've sent tens of thousands of emails. So I'm not going to let up on Amazon. Not at all. And I was at a conference last week where Andy Jassy, CEO, said, you know what, it's a slippery slope if we take this down. I don't think so. Or at a minimum, maybe <laughs> he doesn't want to take it down, and I think he should, he should put a disclaimer on it to say the kind of things in here are not true, and here's why they're problematic. And like, look, I've talked to Andy. I've talked to their leadership. We will help them with that. Again, the goal here is not to cancel. It's to counsel. Oh, right? yeah. No, of course. No, no, it's not to cancel. That's not the business of the ADL. They, don't, they totally don't cancel anybody or anything for saying the wrong thing. Of course. Thank you, Jonathan. appreciate that. Uh, and then, of course, in the next breath, they brag not only. I mean, here's, he talks about Congress and all the people he knows, all the letters that are being sent and all the, pe all the social media that we work with and how much influence we have to, to, uh, to maintain discourse and, and keep a you know, rigid, uh, strict narrative uh, in the mainstream of what is allowed. And it runs by me, by the way, and by us and by our interests as a group. Uh, totally no disproportionate influence or power uh, at all to speak of. So literally, we opened a center in Silicon Valley back in 2017. And the woman who runs it, she's an ex-Facebook executive. I have software engineers and data scientists working at ADL. We're monitoring all this stuff. And we're working with all the platforms, by the way. Google and YouTube and Meta and Twitter and Reddit and <laughs> Steam and Amazon. All these companies. From like Apple to... Somehow you got your foot in through the door to work with all these companies. That's That's... Interesting, a total coincidence. And we work with all of them, okay? That's relevant because we've been working with Twitter now for real, since it was founded. Mm -hmm. We work with the old regime, working with the new regime. <laughs> of course, remember that back and forth? You know, I, I'm not sure what's going on there with Musk and this guy and stuff. And in some cases, it's like, oh, we're, you know, we're complying to everybody. And then the next second, it's like, you know, screw these people. And they should, they can't tell me what to do and stuff like that. Uh, but, it, but it looks like... Even if it's true or not, it looks like, and they always exaggerate. They always overplay their hand. They they always freak out and act like this. You know, the, the rise of a you know, as I said before, like the, the four, Twitter takeover is like a, the rise of a fourth Reich to to these people, um, which of course it isn't, right? I mean, with Elon, he's like a, a extreme center, I guess, you know, slightly right center, something like that. But that's enough for these people to freak out and say, "We this means we don't have 100% control. This is now a problem. They go to war immediately. And here's the last one here talking about the, uh, the I guess, the, the horrible future. Uh, if we aren't here to stop all this horrible madness uh, and be the, the uh, common, sane voice, we might be looking at an awful future. And here's what uh, the, the picture that Greenblatt paints here. If someone said to me, Anti-Semitic incidents will have tripled again 
synagogues will be shut down. Jewish day schools will be closed because of the threats. Jews will have left in large numbers. Tucker Carlson will be the nominee for the G. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to run to be honest. OP, and uh, will say we need it. We need to get all the globalists <clears throat> mm-hmm. out of. Uh, there'll be no globalists in my administration. <laughs> that right. shouldn't sound so crazy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, that wouldn't sound so crazy now, would it? Were you saying that Jews are globalists? Is that what uh, Greenblatt's saying? <clears throat> yeah, he's a fa- he's a fascinating guy. That one. Um, God Odin on Entropy says, uh, uh, "Isn't this the only alleged historical event that is protected by law that can't be questioned?" I believe it is. It could be some other thing, maybe in some random country here or there, but uh, no, as far as I know, that's it. I think they want to extend that, and eventually there, there might be more issues than that. I mean, uh, you could. I mean. You're not going to jail for for questioning, you know, like everything around January six or a stolen election or stuff like that. But you could you could argue that they they want to do that. They want to they want to at least take it to that level, where basically anything uh, that is considered you know so called mis or disinformation uh, should be uh, outlawed and banned, and you should be you should go to prison if you say things that that, that uh, they have deemed is wrong. Um, continue. Isn't that convenient? Wonder what uh, that could be. Uh, totally isn't because everything is 100% true and doesn't need it to be investigated. Nah. No, no, no. Of course not. No, it's just uh, you you reinforce the truth with uh, with strong prison sentences for questioning it. That's that's <clears throat> that's usually a sign of of how uh, of how awfully secure uh, and confident these people are in their position. Uh, good stuff. Thank you, uh, God Odin. Appreciate that. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Wasp News says, uh, Wasp News Network says, uh, we follow each other on Twitter. I got the boot for suggesting a black female who murdered a white female get capital punishment. So now I'm just making content here on Odyssey and Rumble. Uh, I was at Cordell Tim on Twitter. Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, of course. Uh, Check out my channel if you get a minute. Thank you. Appreciate that uh, kind of you. Yeah, I mean, Twitter might it might slowly get better. I don't have a lot of hope on that, to be honest. But uh, there's an awful lot of cleaning uh, that a, uh, a Musk would have to do. But ultimately, I don't trust him anyway, to be honest. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But uh, as a bit partially okay, I guess, uh, on, on some fronts. But nah, we'll see what happens. Now, here is something. Let's play a few minutes of this because this is it goes right hand in hand with the stuff that uh, you know the, the the Jonathan talks about and and, and even the Atlantic article that we read uh, about like how dangerous it is when people say things that we don't agree with and they always center it around people who are already very uh, you know what's the term flip floppy and you know bendable or like they they they, they talk about Mar- in the beginning of this clip they bring up like oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene it's like the greatest threat that exists in, in Congress and blah 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 and it's just like well, she's flip-flopped on, on everything, and she's, you know, it's it's no one, I've said this before either, it's fun to have her there because they get so riled up, and I'll take that, but it's not, it's no one that's, like, going to uh, to, to, to inflict a lot of changes. Uh, at best, she would do a couple of the minor things that she addressed or something like that, but as we saw before, she was like, 
you know, denouncing people afterwards and, you know, you know, bowing essentially, right, to any kind of pressure if it's really put on her. But anyway, that's the framing here. And they're talking about this and, and, and Trump and stuff like that. And, and look at how they're singling out Twitter, of course, is a problem now. Musk is a problem. Uh, but but free speech as a as a thing, as something which has been uh, a, a, a right is is the problem according to these people it's the the single most uh, uh problematic issue they have because as people talk and expose their lies uh they're no longer winning and so they've pinpointed this accurately that like we need to control the discourse we need to control all the information and we need to to help hold people accountable if we you know stochastic is that what they call it stochastic terrorism which is this bullshit uh, you know term they came up with of like you Excuse me. You saying something, and then someone completely different or random, allegedly, supposedly acting or something or doing something, even if it can or can't be proven that proven that you said something that you know in affected the person or changed their mind, you are now to be held accountable for this. Not the person committing the violent act. It's the person opening their mouth. Uh, that's the big problem. Uh, so here's MSNBC. Uh, what is called Deadline White House? Is it? Uh, yeah, Deadline White House. Um, listen to a little bit of this. This is a fascinating discussion here. And the beginning, uh, Frank Fagliucci as well. Frank, what does that mean in terms of extremism in our politics bleeding into extremism that law enforcement has to contend with and navigate? Well, let's pick apart this event uh, held on Park Avenue in uh, in Manhattan. Um, you've got the head of the young Republicans calling for, quote, total warfare, including war in the streets. So what does that mean? Well, the young Republicans, they, they are essentially setting up the next generation of extremists that are headed toward violence. So, you know, any notion within the law enforcement community or, or writ large society that, hey, don't worry, this is going to go away. Um, it's a passing phase. They are setting up the next generation for violence. And for, with regard to Marjorie Greene, as you just laid out, Someone who's become a power player on the Hill, who apparently no one feels that they can go and challenge her, confront her, not even Kevin McCarthy. That seems to ensure that she's going to have this voice. And the problem I see it from the law enforcement perspective, and again, society writ large, is the very same people waving the, the freedom of speech flag, one of our yep, most cherished is. rights in this country are the ones who will say something that will instigate, support, defend violence like Marjorie Taylor Greene did, uh, saying, you know, if she did it, she'd be armed. They'd all be armed. They would have succeeded. Um, and then quickly pull back and say it was a joke. It was sarcasm. You guys don't get sarcasm. This is a, a textbook case. Uh, we've seen Trump do this repeatedly. We've seen others in his orbit. Oh, just kidding. You know, Bannon, Rogers, don't do it. Don't, don't take me seriously. The freedom of speech thing is going to become so seriously eroded that the value we cherish that someday if we if we get it curtailed, we're going to look back at this time period, Nicole, and we're going to say it was people like Marjorie Taylor Greene that, that screwed this up. You know, what? this is why we can't have nice things, because people instigate <laughs> violence and get somebody killed. And so, yes, it's a law enforcement problem, but so much bigger than law enforcement is this use of freedom of speech, freedom of <laughs> you see where this is going, right? Talking about the Atlantic peace and suspicion of like, oh, you, oh, you're, you want freedom of speech, eh? Uh, they are, they're hardcore going for that right now. You know what I mean? And 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 anything out there that they disagree with this is as mild and as like 
you could argue loony kind of thing as as Marjorie Taylor Greene is. And again, she's there, she's doing some stuff, and I, and I like that they're getting riled up and, and irritated by it, you know, to be honest. But no major solutions will come through these people. So they kind of set up like a, a fake straw man almost in a way, or like a that they can project all all like this is these are powerful people, they're evil, and look at what they're saying and believing and stuff like that in a way to kind of deflate from from there actually being real solutions to it. I'm not saying Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is in on this, but she's kind of used like that a little bit. Again, there's some issues that she might do right. So, so it's not completely 100% you know, that, that she's just, you know, do, does nothing and it's all fake and whatever. <clears throat> but this is what usually what they do. Same thing with Trump, right? I mean, that, that train went and, and, and pa it passed. But they're still on that, clinging on these issues clinging to these individuals and these people because that's all they <laughs> that's all they have um but even that and even those people are such a danger to them that they're willing to put themselves in a situation where they're like basically declare themselves the enemies of free speech which i think is a from their point of view a bad mistake it's a bad move i think most normal people are going to turn against that and say you know what yeah, you know, what was it saying? You know, sticks and stones, uh, you know, can break by bones, but words, how did it saying go? Um, you're saying words is the, the, the dangerous thing now? Words is terrorism? Someone using their freedom of speech, that's the big issue? Yep, that is what they're going for. They have for some time, but they're tightening their news. For speech, I can say whatever I want and then claim it's a joke. Um, that doesn't cut it. The freedom of speech comes with... No more jokes, folks. You do you do any jokes online, it's uh, straight to jail. Tremendous responsibility, and none of these people seem to be held accountable for what they're doing. And Frank, I guess what I want to follow up with and ask you is, what, what do you... What do you make of an elected official who's using the language of war and insurrection and blood and arms? What do, what do you do with a, a leader that talks like that? So first, we, we have to examine why it is people like this continue to get elected. What What is it? And, and ho hopefully, you know, they, they get reelected, but hopefully not. We've got to e examine that and that power structure that keeps them going. But it's the accountability thing I just keep coming back to. When, when all is said and done and the January 6th investigation is over, if some of these people who clearly were part of instigating, fomenting violence, inciting the riot, supporting it, if they are not held accountable legally, then we have failed and our criminal justice system has failed. So if it's found that they're criminally responsible, they better be held criminally accountable or we're going to continue to experience this and it will simply devolve into absolute chaos. And I think the place where it has probably already devolved, and that suggests um, that it had much to go, is is on the internet. I mean, Chris, tell me what... Here we go. And this guy. Have you seen this guy before? It's Chris Goldsmith, or Christopher Goldsmith, right? Uh, he says some great things here. Communities online look like around figures like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Tell us about the internet, Christopher. Thanks for having me on, Nicole. So Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is a superstar in the worst places of the internet, but she's also really popular on Elon she, Musk's <laughs> Twitter, right? I mean, over the last few months uh, since Elon has sealed his deal and, and taken over Twitter, we've seen uh, a lot of, you know, the cesspool of 4chan and, and 8coon and all of these uh, alternative social media websites bleed into Twitter because Elon is very deliberately trying to welcome those far-right extremists into the fold and, and to coddle them. 
Um, we've seen if, you know, if only far-right <laughs> politicians interacting with Elon Musk on a regular basis. Now, you know, as far as, as, far as law enforcement goes, 13 months ago, I was on your show and I talked about how I had infiltrated the, third, uh, the three percenters or a, a, a group of three percenters and how I had recorded them interviewing myself and interviewing other veterans, specifically asking if we were joining and willing and able to kill members of so-called Antifa or Black Lives Matter. Right. I gave those recordings to the FBI immediately. To my knowledge, nothing's been done about that. Right. Because freedom of speech. Until you start making it. Because they could just say what they wanted to. <laughs> nothing has been done about my gay op. Nothing happened with it. I, I doubt that any of that's true, to be honest. But yeah, that's the that's the quality of people. I infiltrated these people and tried to say, "Hey, do you want to uh, do you want to kill Antifa members? How about murdering BLM members?" Hey, hey, comrade, is that is that are you are you with me on that? Here, talk here. An exact plan, according to most of the law enforcement that I've interacted with, to commit violence, you haven't crossed the line, right? So. Since that happened, right, that story went super viral. Jan 6 committee asked for the evidence. I gave it all to them. Hopefully they're going to give it out soon or it'll be included in the report. I have created a nonprofit called Task Force Butler Institute. At taskforcebutler.org, we are getting veterans. We are training them to do open source intelligence research so that we can safely go into the the dark places on the internet, infiltrate safe spaces for neo-Nazis <laughs> and document and record everything that we can. Because go. even if law enforcement is going to fail to prevent violence. Just, just, we, just keep that in mind when, when some of these people are like trying to urge you to like escalate your rhetoric or talk about this or that or why, you know, you nothing is being done. <laughs> just it's like the, it's this guy sitting at the other end. Just admit it. We'll record everything, you know, kind of like. If you're sensible and and uh, and <clears throat> well balanced and stuff, you understand you don't need to sit and talk shit like that on the internet. It could be fun or whatever, but like, but don't do it. Don't don't even it, like they will they will take everything you say seriously and they will use it against you, right? And they will try to gay op you and and, and rope you in uh, into these kinds of things. <laughs> even if you're even if you're really mad and you want to say it, <laughs> don't, don't, because you'll, you'll please this guy and, the, and, the, and what they're standing for. Uh, anyway, a little bit more here on this one. We will be there to record evidence that is courtroom ready so that we can present it for civil proceedings. So we can start arresting people for saying things on the internet. There, there you go. So anyway, I thought you, I thought you enjoy that. And, you know, there's a, there's a few of these kinds of shows, and it's just this this Reddit, this, I mean, this has been running for months now. We don't check in with these kinds of shows that often, but like, this is just a non-stop narrative uh, on that side right now. And it's just like, we need to charge these people, we need to go after them criminally, we need to have people in jail, we need to shut down the internet, we need to con- control channels of information, uh, free speech is the problem, that's the, you know, the enemy and stuff like that. Uh, so that is something to be <clears throat> a aware of, as they say. Uh, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do one more topic here before we wrap up, um, and I think it was feels very important to cover this issue with the latest vax craziness. Uh, to be honest, because it's just so absurd and so so sickening, right? Uh, so recently, here, what is this? This is oh, that's June. What was the latest one here? Here we go. Three days ago. Here we go. FDA approves. 
COVID-19 vaccines for children six months and older. The U.S. Drug and uh, Food and Drug Administration recently amended the emergency use authorization of the updated bivalent Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines to include use in children down to six months of age. More children now have the opportunity to update their protection against COVID-19 with a bivalent COVID-19 vaccine, and we encourage parents and caregivers of those eligible to consider doing so, especially as we head into the holidays and winter months where more time will be spent indoors, said one of the FDA commissioners. At this uh, as this virus has changed and immunity from previous COVID-19 vaccination wanes, the more people who keep the, uh, up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations, the more benefit there will be for individuals, families and public health by helping prevent severe illness, hospitalization and deaths. Complete garbage and bullshit. Uh, and of course, it's going to give much more complications uh, than it's going to help anybody. And of course, that's what they uh, want when we uh, hyperbole in the past have said they really want you dead and, and, and stuff like that. Um, it, it, was, it was actually true. Right? It was actually true. And now they're going for the children. And they have for some time. But the point is they just continue to approve these new uh, updated versions and stuff like that. And it's extremely worrying. I mean, we've seen from birth defects to these issues I mentioned before at the start of the show. Uh, kids that have been given blood transfusions and then they've they've developed you know diseases because of this. They've developed blood clots and, and stuff like that. I think even InfoWars had that a little bit of that story. Um in New Zealand, right, uh, where they, I think they ended up taking the baby away from the parents because they were demanding to use blood from unvaccinated people as they did this uh, uh, blood transfusion, and they needed that for the heart surgery, right? Uh, and someone was linking up. Did I have that here? Yeah, this uh, story someone linked up to. And again, it's I'm not sure if it's true or not. Um, let me see if I can zoom in on this here real quick in the image here. Check this out. Uh, died suddenly news, right? This is my son before and after he got a blood transfusion of poisoned blood. We begged at the hospital to let us get pure blood. They refused and gave the blood to him without our consent. He developed a blood clot instantly that stretched from his knee to his heart. He made it two weeks before he died. Yikes. And it came in the wake of that, that other clip that I showed you uh, at the top there too, where the parents were fighting for this to, in, in, uh, uh, in New Zealand to get it, and the, the state said, no, we're not going to do it. Uh, you're going to do what we tell you, and in fact, this is negligence because you're, you know, you're requesting something that's completely, uh, you know, un, uh, unthinkable or, or unacceptable, essentially, right? Um, which is insane. Uh, MHT says, she want to say congratulations on the new addition to your family. Hope everyone is doing well. Very well. Thank you, MHT. Appreciate that. Uh, very kind of you. Um, and so, yeah, so it's like horrific timing on all of this, you know, thinking about, my God, what's happening to some of these kids out there and, and as they get this approved, uh, this COVID shot. And I wanted to play a clip here with uh, Peter McCullough, uh, McCullough, McCullough, um, about even if you don't, I mean, there, it's so, actually, let's do this before we do that, because it, it's it's Australia, right? we, we don't have to play that whole clip now. I think you, you might have seen it or not. They end up taking the kid. There's an updated version here, too. Uh, but in Australia, it's not only for the kids, though. It's so common now with cardiac arrests 
which of course, you know, if you ask me, then that's a natural outcrop of this vaccination program and this policy. Uh, they've installed public use defibrillators, defibrillators, hard word to say, uh, on not every street corner, but they, they mentioned it in the clip. It's like you, you're no more than, I forget what the number was, 400 feet away from a defibrillator at any point if you're in the city. Uh, this was completely not an issue just two two years ago. These levels of like heart attacks and heart problems and all these things, right? And of course, Main Street is doing nothing, excuse me, to, to, to tie this together and say, well, one plus one is probably most likely two. And there's a there's a causality here right so anyway let's listen to uh, listen to this clip here north has become the first in australia to roll out a life-saving street okay so the other one is new zealand this is australia but yeah ah, same shit am i right <laughs> no offense cool. just joke defibrillators have been installed outside homes increasing survival rates of cardiac arrests a life-saving machine is now within walking distance for every resident in Reservoir. Every home is now within 400 metres of, of a defibrillator and over 3,000 people have been trained yeah. in CPR. 27 defibrillators have been rolled out at homes around the suburb, transforming the fifth deadliest area for cardiac arrests into the safest. Sudden cardiac arrest uh, affects and impact almost anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not about age. It's not about gender. Uh, it is simply a... Well, it used to be like under a certain age, you basically didn't have these. It was ever, did it ever, never, never happen? No, of course it happened. But it's like the scale that it is now. I mean, it's story after story. And we, we don't keep up with this. We don't cover every single one. And there's some outlets that do and stuff. But like every single... Died suddenly. This person did a heart issue. Even that, that, that journalist, right? We didn't have a chance to talk about that now. They try to, some, his brother said he was uh, killed, right? Grant Wall. You guys see this? The, the guy with the rainbow shirt. He's trying to get into the, uh, in Qatar, uh, right? Qatar. Um, to cover the, he was a sports journalist, cover the football event there, one of the uh, football matches. They apparently denied him, but it was a bunch of question marks around that anyway. It looked like he just made it up to make it worse. But anyway, eventually, they, I think they did let him in. But he ended up dying uh, suddenly uh, of a heart issue. And you're just seeing these now all over the place. And this is not normal. It has never been normal. But we're living in a time where they're trying to natural uh, normalize rather that. And this died suddenly. It was like it didn't even exist as a term like two years ago. <laughs> this person just died suddenly. It can happen to anybody at any point. Killer across the board. Over 6,500 sudden cardiac arrests occur in Victoria each year. 80% happen in the home. CPR within... I'd love to see the full statistics on that going back 10 years. Has, has the levels always remained the same? Uh, I doubt it. In the first six minutes is crucial and coupled with a defibrillator, it increases survival rates to over 50%. Start CPR. Press, press, press. Just 11 months into the Australian first trial, it's already saved a man's life. Friends of his were able to come over, know the defib was here and access the defib while the ambulance were on their way. St John's are in the process of selecting the next area to benefit from the program, but they are calling right. on the Andrews government to pitch in and provide funding to roll it out around the state. You'll see this. I, I just, it's, there's something more deeper, sinister, and 
horrific with this of like this it's your your heart is like could could stop at any point you know what i mean and it's like i don't know it's just i just see this dystopian like nightmare future where like people are having these issues like just ran up oh, there's another one again oh gotta get the defib you know give them cpr it's like this is oh there's another one already oh you can kind of see how this the the, the trends and tra the trajectory here and uh sorry to have to do this too but to make things a little bit more scary just to to, to throw throw a wider net here and also to say that it looks like unfortunately it looks like even though you might not have personally been vaccinated the technology acts in such a way that it installs itself in people that also have not been vaccinated with COVID-19 by proximity to those who have um, this is not new there are people talking about this almost two years ago now maybe about two years ago now Listen. So here's that clip I mentioned about Peter McCullough. Listen to what it says here, and, and then we'll show we'll show the study from Pfizer themselves pointing to this. What are the risks to the unvaccinated? You know, there was a recent paper. I just have it on my Substack. If if, if you want to review it, if you go to the Courageous Discourse Substack, and the first author is Helene Banoon, a former Inserm scientist. Inserm is a leading research unit in France. And Benoon has summarized this. This is disturbing. It looks like the messenger RNA is transferring from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated now. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a paper by Fertig and colleagues, the messenger RNA is found circulating in blood for at least two weeks and the curves were not going down. That's as long as they look. Rolkin and colleagues has found messenger RNA and the vaccinated in lymph nodes for months. It looks like the body's not clearing it out. And, uh, and then a recent paper, this is most disturbing from Hannah and colleagues, JAMA, showed that the messenger RNA is in the breast milk of yes. women ill-advised who took the vaccine uh, during pregnancy or afterwards. So it's now clear, I think the messenger RNA, that's the greatest concern is, was, could you actually take a vaccine inadvertently by close contact, kissing, sexual contact, breastfeeding? And it looks like the answer is yes. Now the question on the table is, how long do you wait uh, for contact? No one knows. This, the, the vaccines, the messenger RNA vaccines for short, they've never been demonstrated to actually leave the body. They look like they're permanent, uh, as well as the spike protein that's produced after them. This is very disturbing. So it's hard to guide. I was saying, you know, 30 days refrain from kissing and sexual contact with a vaccinated person. But I'm now extending that to at least 90 days and and conservatively maybe extended from a point forward. I know there's married couples and all kinds of of, of personal implications there, but but no, this messenger RNA looks like it's for keep. Every shot is accumulating in the body with no ability for the body to get rid to of it. To remove it. The vaccines, because they stay in the body so long, it looks like they do permanently install into the human genome. Mm -hmm. through what's called reverse transcription. So this is disturbing that not only does the vaccines not get out of the body, but now they're changing the human genome. Uh, this is shown in a human hepatoma cell line. And so it's conceivable that two vaccines... Yep, and we, we told you about that, right? The... <clears throat> what are... Let me pause, sorry. Uh, the Umeo University study, right? This is about a year ago. Uh, they talked about that reverse transcription. It, it installs itself. It's changed. It, it is... It was all of these conspiracy theories are crazy right oh they think it changes your dna yeah it, it it actually does right 
Uh, here's a follow-up uh, shorter clip uh, in that interview as well. Listen to this. People could actually pass the code for Pfizer and Moderna into the baby uh, permanently. The, the government, as they developed these vaccines, uh, they went, as they kind of rushed it through the final stages, there was no assurances that these were safe. There was no genotoxicity, no teratogenicity studies um, now th- to learn. And, and in autopsy studies, the spike protein produced from the genetic material is found in the heart. Bowmeyer and colleagues have shown that. It's found in the brain, yeah. found in the brain, Mora and colleagues. So I can tell you, everyone who's taken the vaccine has this material in their brain, their heart, their adrenal glands, mm-hmm. reproductive organs. Uh, it's really a terrible thought. My heart goes out to people who have taken the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, and, and those who haven't as well. This is crazy, right? This is completely insane. We're going to... People are going to have to pay. Uh, there's not even... And even that prize is, is never going to make up for it. You know what I mean? And this is what we showed you. This is uh, back from 2020, early Pfizer study. The few, You know, the few that they do. Uh, and it was specifically about... Uh, Pregnant women, breastfeeding, and these kinds of things, right? Um, This is on page 160. We we had it on Telegram if you want to get the exact uh, paper, the the, the links to this. Uh, So go check it there. T.me forward slash Red Eyes TV. A female family member or healthcare provider reports that she is pregnant after having been exposed. She is pregnant after having been exposed to the study intervention in, uh, sorry, study intervention by uh, inhalation or skin contact. <clears throat> a male family member or healthcare provider who has been exposed to the study intervention by um, inhalation or skin contact then exposes his female partner prior or to around the time of conception. It's it's it talks about environmental exposure during during pregnancy, skin to skin contact, and of course as Peter McCullough talked about breast milk as well. Uh, but that means breathing it in. That's how crazy it is, and, and and I remember talking about these um, this 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 technology, right? Not just mRNA. This could be for other vaccines as well, but this is primarily mRNA, as far as I understand it, that does this because it's like it's it's an instruction, and you can give it to a few people in in a herd because they're doing that with with animals right now, and then it will self spread, right? So here here's just a reminder: some of those headlines again. A vaccine that could spread like a virus. We now have the technology. Let me remove the uh, overlay there. We now have the technology to develop vaccines that spread themselves. Is that what we're looking at here? Vaccines of the future could be as contagious as viruses. It's time to go viral. Right, 2017, before uh, the COVID stuff. Scientists are working on vaccines that spread like a disease. What could possibly go wrong? Another one, coronavirus cure. Scientists planned bizarre self-spreading vaccine to fight pandemic. There was papers on this about the self-spreading vaccine. Again, we've linked up those up in the past. And there's other headlines you can look at here as well. Um, that's what I think this is, uh, to be honest. Are there cures? I mean, we don't know. It's too early to tell. Um, but I'm saying like the the, the need to isolate not from society but from the people that are going this route is 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 necessary at some point i think to be honest and look at you know might you know i might be able to there's all these other questions and compilations uh, complications along the way 
what can you do? But I'm thinking, I'm just thinking like raw thoughts and long term. Like we need to, they are going to go down routes that are so insane and so detrimental and so uh, deathly, if that's a word, that we're going to have to just be outside of that, right? And remember, th th this clip circulated again too uh, recently. It got re, re shared, recirculated. Uh, we played it over, I think it's over a year ago as well. Uh, a Borla, the, the Pfizer CEO, talking about how. Uh, the mRNA technology previously hadn't been successful, right? Because there was a lot of complications with it. He doesn't admit that here, but he just say, oh, no single product had been brought to market. It turned out, of course, that, that Moderna had worked together with the NIH. There were, there were patents that they owned together. They had worked on it for over 10 years. Uh, and then, of course, the pandemic hit. And then miraculously, six months later, now we have a cure and it's all going to solve and fix everything, you know. And Trump was part of that. DeSantis was pushing it at the time. Recently, he's questioned it. And OK, you know, at least he's doing that. But at the time, he was pushing it. Oh, this, this is the greatest thing ever. Go take it, everybody. He was surprised that mRNA was, uh, was the method used for a global vaccine rollout. Listen to this here. The mRNA was the technology, but we had less experience, only two years working on this. And actually, mRNA was a technology that never delivered a single product until that day. Uh, not vaccine, not any other medicine. So, uh, so it was very counterintuitive, and I was surprised when they suggested to me that this is the way to go. The mRNA <laughs> was the technology, but we had less experience, yeah. only two years working. I was surprised. Remember that disassociation he did from? I was surprised that they, this is the way they wanted to go. He he sounded like they, whoever they is, twisted his arm somehow, and like, oh, they. I, I was kind of uncertain about that. I didn't want to go down that route, but okay, I did it, you know. And and, and here it is, right? Um, I've seen some articles about him resigning and stuff, and I still haven't been able to confirm if that actually is true or not. Um, we'll have more on that Friday, I think, because we'll, we'll see if he's trying to bail out now. That's what we argued at the time. He got his Genesis Prize. Uh, he got all the awards. He got all the money, and now he's pulling out. And he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's quitting after now when the damage is done. But the point is, uh, we're going to have to have uh, people held held accountable and responsible for this. Um, but long term, you know, long term, we're going to have to to do something ourselves here because <laughs> this these people are totally insane. E even even if they don't, you know, even if the majority of them don't want this or, or understand fully under comprehends or understands the, the consequences of, of of these types of technologies and these ultimately this is a transhuman you know this is like a gene editing program here you know what i mean um they they they, they there's enough people that don't question this stuff and they just go along with it and, and they become walking uh you know weapons uh, uh, factories right of, of of mrna essentially and i won't i want nowhere near any of that stuff let me tell you I don't want my kids to be near that. I don't want to be near that. I, I know tons of you out there as well shares those uh, those thoughts and, and and opinions. You know. All right. So anyway, so that's again another another reason for why we need our own stuff. We need our own communities. We need our own uh, places. We need our own uh, towns. We need our own villages. We need to work together. We need to form communities. Uh, go to an area. Do it now where you know that there's good people. Pacific Northwest is a good area. There's West Virginia is a good area. There's places in Europe where this happened, where, where this is starting to happen as well. Uh, Sweden, you have Eliaros, you have Dalarna, you have a couple of different places, and there's many others. Uh, we, we should, we, what we should do is we should actually do a, like a list of that. Go through some of the major countries and you're just like, hey, the, these are some of the good areas where you have reasonable people that are beginning. And I think you're going to start seeing that more and more, like people just seeking each other out, cr creating, 
smaller, you know, Hobbs local communities. And hopefully, I hope that those will just continue to grow uh, as this insane circus just basically continues, right? Uh, all right. Okay. We're going to wrap up right there. I got to get going. Uh, let me see. God Odin's uh, pass out here on Entropy. I've started to see de defibrillators. Uh, in lots of stores and shopping centers in Stockholm now, too. See, look at that. Interesting. Not surprised, Per. Uh, yeah, if you ever see one, like, take a photo. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Take a photo and send it to me. Send, send it to our email. Um, we got to have more people being, like, you know, aware of this and photographing, videotaping, comp compiling this and just showing, like, that this wasn't here a year ago. Um, it's always this new normal. It's all, all of a sudden, it's just there. You know what I mean? Oh, the, no, this was always there. This is a, this has always been the case. Oh, has it? Uh, God Odin says, do you do online uh, schooling for a little one or do you have plans for that? Any recommendations? Even though we are in Poland, I'm not sure uh, I want to let anybody touch slash see slash teach my kid whatsoever. Totally understand. Yeah, I think if, look at the stats. It was like in the US, I think it's like five million homeschooling uh, or schooler homeschoolers, like kids that are homeschooled. Which is great if you have the option. Germany, Sweden does not. They banned it, outlawed it. But it, there are other options. Uh, we That's why we need people. We need people that are capable and able to develop the uh, legal framework to, like, you know, start your own, you know, I'm not sure this is the right term for it, but, like, you know, like a charter school like they have in the U.S. Something that, unfortunately, still kind of bows to some, you know, because the state, you know, if you talk about Germany and Sweden, the state will decide on the curriculum and like, it, you know, very little leeway that you have on, on, on either side of what you can and can't do. But at least what you want to have is is people that you can trust that teaches your kids and do it in the right way. Uh, you know what I mean? And that's why we're going to need like homeschooling networks and pods. And that's kind of like that's what I think would be one of the best uh, things, to be honest, if you're able to, if, if you're in a country that has those those options. Um, just try to get together with as many uh, other parents as possible that you know and that you trust and that you like and uh, and and hire a tutor. It doesn't have to be super expensive. The more kids you have, the better. And you set up what they call a, a pod, you know what I mean? Um, that's why connections and networking and communities is the number one thing. Of, of all the things you can have, friends and networks and, and contacts and, and good people you can trust is going to be like the number one issue that we need, to be honest. All right, thank you, God Odin. Appreciate that. Uh, let me just check one more time here. That we're caught up to speed. I think we are. <clears throat> Rumble as well. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back uh, Friday, <clears throat> folks. Thank you for being with me. A little bit tired today. That's how it goes. Uh, but uh, we're excited to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, if you do want to join us and support our work, definitely consider getting a membership. You can do that over at RedEyesMembers.com. Uh, we also have <clears throat> odyssey.com slash at Red Ice TV. You can get a membership there. Uh, we do have an executive and uh, a producer tier, both on Odyssey and on Subscribestar as well. Uh, we have a goal right now of reaching 20 executive producers. I think we're at 18 right now. And again, because of our little hiatus and, and our, our, our expect, unexpected uh, turn of events here over the last couple of weeks, uh, if I haven't gotten back to you yet, if you've uh, uh, gotten a producer or executive producer tier, uh, I do apologize for the delay. I plan to sort this out here uh, later tonight and by tomorrow. Uh, I will get back to you. <clears throat> if you haven't heard from me regarding that or, or another issue or membership, something like that, send us an email again uh, just to, to ensure that you didn't fall through the cracks, uh, and I'll get on that right away. So, again, I do apologize for the delay. It's just been super hectic. 
um, spent a lot of time at the hospital and just basically got back here the other day and just trying to get scramble and get all this stuff together. So I appreciate that, guys. But yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, we can do, let's, let's thank our executive producers as well at the end. And I got to bring in the updated one, actually. Even the Christmas theme stuff, like I haven't even been able to do all of that stuff. I, you know, I, I love doing that. It's, it's fun to have a Yule theme and stuff like that in, in the shows and lower thirds and stuff like that. Uh, so we'll get get on that as well. But uh, yes, here's our executive producers. Uh, T. Lothrop started, started V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Bunga, thank you, man. Fetch me if you can, Mongoose, William Fox, and Angry White Soccer Mom. We also have Mr. Walker 696, uh, Leroy Dumond, Johansson, and Snark Pup as producers. Uh, so thank you, guys. We appreciate you. And again, if we missed you, if you're new... There, I'll have you back in the rotation here too by by Friday. Uh, but again, always send me an email if uh, if something has uh, gone uh, amiss and we didn't catch it right away. We appreciate your patience. Thank you so much, everybody. Much love to all of you. Stay strong, keep fighting, and of course, we'll be back with much more here soon. Love you all. We'll see you later. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.